Chelsea. Chelsea Kane. And we are still trudging through First Thessalonians 5 <laughs> because the Ten Commandments were not enough, and our wise friend Allison found 22 more to live by. <laughs> <laughs> She's not bitter at all about it. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, right? It does feel like that. I think that's kind of a myth of Christianity is that there's so many rules that you have to follow and guidelines and laws and commandments. But really, you know, as we look back on some of these that we've talked about, like encourage one another, um, esteem others highly, help the weak, be patient. Mm, That's a good one. I still need to remember that one. I need to go back and listen to that again. Um, don't repay evil for evil. Seek to do what is good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Don't quench the spirit. Test everything. Hold fast to what is good. All of those things come so naturally when we are in the Word of God and relying on Him and growing in our relationship. Those are things that we cannot do alone. And so it feels like there are a lot of laws and rules, but really they're not. It's guidance. And these things come so naturally to us when we are in the Word of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to just thrive in us. Well, you know, and just listening to you say that and imagining what it's like to be someone that's not a believer that's listening to this podcast, maybe those things are just things you would want to do to be a good human. Right. Right? I mean, I see the words like, be a good human. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah. That's what I was trying to figure out, how how to be a good human, be a good Christian, when I ran across these scriptures, Mm. which is why it excited me so much. I got you now. I was like, oh, this is like an answer to prayer. Because it's like, all right, fine. Don't don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't, you know, covet. Don't have idols. Okay, okay. But what are some tangible ways that I can live my life that show that I'm a child of God. Yeah, we have the do nots, so give us the do's. Right. I just wanted some do's. Right. Tired of people saying do nots. <laughs> rebel, rebel, I like it. Um, so we're finishing up today with two that are interesting. Pray for us, which you can't ever go wrong with prayer. Yeah, she really meant that, pray for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah always pray for us, please. <laughs> and then this was interesting, an interesting way to close um, this this section of scripture, greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. So when I was kind of studying this, I was like, oh, I don't know. That seems a little extra. I don't know if that really needs to be part of my little list. But then it didn't seem complete without it um, to me. And so I was like, all right. My second thought was, what the heck is a holy kiss? That's where I was going. What? I don't want someone coming up and kissing on me. I might yeah. throw a punch. <laughs> <laughs> and what is a holy kiss? And so I think this is what's fun about scripture to me. There's always a little rabbit hole that you can go down. And so as I looked, I found it several other times in scripture. In Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. And in other translations, it's called a sacred kiss or a holy embrace. So it is basically a greeting of pure, sincere love. Kind of like a handshake would be to us today, or in my case, a hug. Because mm-hmm. you know I love to hug. Uh-huh. Even during the Rona, you can come get a hug from me. Not <laughs> <laughs> by hugs. Oh. <laughs> so I had this realization, and this was so beautiful to me. I felt like Paul was saying, go everywhere you can and spread the good news and greet everybody you meet with love and share the amazing love of Jesus Christ with them without judgment or condemnation. 
I love that. You know, I the scripture that says above all, mm-hmm. love everyone. And somewhere else in scripture it says, and they will know you by your love. Yes. And so many times, you know, as a Christian, you always should want to leave someone better than they were when you arrived. Does that make sense? It does. Whether that be with an encouraging word, um, I'm not a holy kiss person or necessarily even a hug person. So, but an encouraging word, I would love to leave someone with an encouraging word because you always want to leave someone better than the way you found them. Building them up. Yeah. And encouraging one another, which is also what he talked about. And see how they all just relate and tie into, we've been talking about it for weeks, but they all, there's just like that little scarlet thread that just, you know, is woven all through these, these attributes and traits and they all just go together. And I, I love how centuries have passed. I mean, but we are still called to do this same thing. And it started, all started with the first church. And here we are today, and Paul's instructions are still just as meaningful and just as important to us now as they were to those people then. It, it is just, I don't know, it just gives me goosebumps to even consider it. Uh, I, I don't remember where I read this. And I almost feel like it was a Max Lucado, not Max Lucado, a Bob Goff book. But, you know, as Christians, we shouldn't be walking around in a with a dirgy attitude. Do you know what the word dirgy means? It's kind of like ho-hum, kind of dark or sad. If Christ really is who we say he is, if he really has redeemed us and saved us from ourselves, essentially, we should be skipping through this world, right? Right. And so oftentimes people are sitting back and observing us, you Christians, that claim boldly that God is your savior and that he loves you unconditionally. But if I see somebody that's just miserable, I'm thinking, well, if that's what that gets you, I'll pass. Right. (laughs) You don't have anything in there for me. Yeah. Right. And for me, it's a little convicting to make sure, not that I always have to have a happy face on. Right. But at the end of the day, We get to feel all the feelings. We get to acknowledge every situation for exactly what it is, but knowing that in the end, we win. That's right. God wins. That's right. The battle is won. So while this is really crappy right now. It can suck while you get there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Let's just be honest. Yes, it it can. And yeah, we're not trying to say everybody should put on rose-colored glasses, but it's moving beyond our circumstances sometimes Mm -hmm. looking past our circumstances to that hope of the future that we have that the Lord has promised us you know um, it's one thing to try and live all of Paul's directives out but another I think to be willing to share the love of God and the gospel with others and in a way that shows love and respect and sincerity And he reminds us that we need to put our fear aside. It can be scary to share your faith. I think especially um, in the climate that we live in right now. Yeah. Um, And I think there's a fear of being judged when we share. And 
we can also, if we're honest, we need to rid ourselves of that tendency that we can have to judge others after we've shared with them, okay, about mm-hmm. the gospel, and they don't, re- we, we don't get that reaction that we think. If they don't respond in the way we want yeah, them to. That is not the reaction I was hoping when I told you about the love of Jesus. <laughs> okay, not your job. So get back in your lane, Karen, right? Not- <laughs> there you go. Speaking of us, it's like not our job. Our job is to share with love and sincerity and and to basically drop that mic in their lap and walk away. And sometimes you're just a small puzzle piece. Absolutely. But without your piece, the puzzle, that person's salvation would not be complete. So you have to deliver the piece, right? But knowing that you might not be the last piece. Right. I mean, have you ever gotten to the end of your puzzle and you can't find that last piece? Oh, girl. Woo! That happened to my friend during the quarantine. She was throwing a fit. That's what y'all get for doing puzzles. (laughs) I still have the kids' puzzles from homeschool, so we got the big puzzle pieces, you know, 100 pieces. It's frustrating, and yeah. you never get to see that final completion. So if we can look at it that in that way, that we are a small piece to this this beautiful puzzle that may not, you know, you can't always tell what it's going to look like and where those pieces fit when you're looking at it from our perspective. But when it's complete, it's so beautiful and so perfect. And so just being okay with our humble, small Offering. piece yeah. that we have to offer to that person. Um, plus, I mean, I'm all about, I have learned during this whole quarantine thing that sometimes, depending on your personality, my soul has just shriveled up, um, without seeing people's smiles and not being able to hug people and love on people and nurture people. I, that is just my thing. I'm a helper, hospitality. And so knowing that about yourself. And so I think, oh, heck to the, yeah, I'm ready for some hugs. I mean, being able to go back to church, it just shows that's how we should greet everybody. And some people need them and some people don't. Y'all, she stayed after church one night for a whole hour because her husband was there to drag her out. Yeah. Like everybody. They are probably like, Allison, here's the keys, man. We got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, hey, oh, hey. <laughs> Seeing all my friends, talking to everybody, having a social hour with my mask on. Good job. Don't worry. Good job. Responsible adult <laughs> that you are. Uh-huh. Right. But, you know, I also love the thought that you just love people how Jesus would have loved them without putting a Jesus stamp on it, right? You just treat them like they need to be treated as Jesus would have treated them. And you don't have to put the Jesus stamp on it all the time because one day they might turn around and go, "Why, why do you do that for me? What makes you look at me differently? Why do you accept me when nobody else does? And that's when you say, it's just what Jesus told us to do. It doesn't always have to be, well, I'm here bringing you a meal because Jesus said, feed the hungry. Right. <laughs> Nobody says because that. Because at that point, here's your gold sticker, go home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Party foul. We don't actually say it out loud, but sometimes we think it. Right. Right? Well, I, I guess I'm, um, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Depending interesting. on interesting thought. And let's not forget about what he said right before that. He said, pray for us. Yeah, so we need to revisit early on in the podcast, very early on. We talked about things that got under our skin uh, that Christians say. And one of mine was when Christians would say, I'll pray for you. 
And Allison just put this lovely, she expanded on it to a point where now when someone says, I pray for you, I say, giddy up, thank you. <laughs> oh, good. What but, did I say? <laughs> well, you said, why did you say I'll pray for you? Sometimes you know, you know not what to say, but you know, you can't fix it. It is the most important, most powerful thing that I can do. The greatest gift I can give you. Because? Because it's in the Lord's hands. Yeah. And he is, he's the man. Yeah, you're saying, I can't fix it, but I can go to the one who can. Right. And I will do that for you because I care about you. Absolutely. I Prayer is so powerful. I, You know, even Jesus did it. Yeah. I mean, he, Jesus, son of God, he was, he would go into the garden and he would find a place alone and he spent time in prayer. I mean, he was the only perfect person to ever be on our planet and walk this ground and even Jesus prayed. Now, let me tell you something, people. Here's what I say about that. If Jesus needed some prayer, we definitely need some, okay? <laughs> now, I don't do it enough and I don't probably don't do it just right, but... Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> but I the, do it. But the do it just right, what does that even mean? Exactly. That's the pressure we put on ourselves. Yeah, I... I, um, you know, I worked at church for a few years and I never wanted to pray out loud because that is horrifying, especially in a room full of people that have been going to church all their life. Yes, that is <laughs> so true. And um, this one guy just started praying and said, hey, God. And I thought, well, that's different. And he oh. just spoke to him like they were just hanging out talking. Mm-hmm. And then he said, amen. And I just stood there in shock and thought, I can do that. I can do that. I can say, hey, God, this is a mess. Help. Right? Absolutely. And, you know, you don't even have to have a whole lot of words. You can just utter his name and he will draw near. Say his name. That's right. And he will come close. And I'm telling you, when, as we talked about last week, when you're trying to run from every form of evil and cast it aside, there are times where you literally have to say out loud, you have to call in Jesus' name. Yeah. Jesus and put Satan, Satan, yes, I'm a child of God. Satan, you have no power over me. And that is so powerful. Um, you just got to say it out loud sometimes. I like to say, get behind me, Satan, really loud in the grocery store. Um, I'm just kidding. I have done that a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, someone comes up and like, get behind me, Satan. It takes him by surprise. Y'all try it. It's fun. <laughs> picturing this in my head and I am loving it I'm I'm hearing the lady on her microphone or the security guard uh problem on aisle three she's about five feet tall crazy lady aisle four she's moving she's now in the freezer section casting out demons oh gosh oh my word well you know the pray for us I think that covers everything. It covers helping us to live in these ways, to overcome these fears that we have, to overcome the um, the sins and the stumbling blocks that we face. It helps us to put aside frustration and to, and to pray without ceasing and to rejoice always. I cannot do that on my own. <laughs> I mean, prayer is so vital. And oftentimes, I, I just, so often it just doesn't feel like enough. You know, I've said to people before, I'm like, 
I will pray for you. I so wish there was something more tangible that I could do for you. And I think that's why I'm a big card sender Mm -hmm. because um, prayer is enough. But I think that I'm I'm such a doer that I feel like I have to do something, which is total false. I mean, total falsehood. Um, So I send a card because it's like, I'm praying for you and I need you to know that I'm praying for you. (laughs) And that's my action. It's a double action. It's a personality flaw, people. At least I know. Right? I mean, this card is not going to help you, but my prayer to Jesus might. I do recognize that. But I think so often we don't feel it. And it can just be this callous statement. Or not callous, but just this casual, probably Mm -hmm. better word, a casual statement that we can throw out there. Um, And I think that's another reason why I feel as if it's not enough sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, because people just do throw it out there. Does it make you feel better to know that after you explain it to me now, I love when people say, I'll pray for you. I do love that. See, you changed my mind on that. I'm glad. Yeah. Oh, well, it is the greatest compliment we can give someone. Yeah. To pray for them. Yeah. And, um, I love that Allison has a prayer section in her um, pantry. If mine was in my pantry, I'd probably pray more because I'm in the pantry all the time. But, uh, <laughs> There's a reason. She has a prayer request and then a prayer response or answered prayers section. And um, I actually just started a prayer journal by a local author named Tara Furman, and I love it. Oh, and love just that. writing out your requests and writing out the answer and when they happen because far too often we forget, mm-hmm. right? Oh, we prayed for that how, you know, three months ago, right. or what have you. Um, and it's already been rectified, but we forget to go back and give praise and glory to God. And if we don't do that, then we're not creating our story about God in our head, our own experiences with God and how God has truly affected our lives and the people in our lives. And if we forget to go back and mark that off and say, oh, praise God, he answered this. Um, that's when you get your tangible stories, the, the ones that have mattered to you and have affected you personally. That is so beautiful and so well said. I so often when I get discouraged, I I go look at the um, the prayer request wall and I keep praying, and then it's like you know the answer prayers, and it just gets bigger and bigger. Yeah, you know, and it's tiny things and it's big things, and um, yeah, there's some that are still just hanging out there like you know the dangling chads, but it it what is, is a dangling chad. That was some voting thing, you know, um, like years ago. Okay, I was like, dude, Chad, I'm sorry you threw under the bus, but I hope you're not listening is what I was thinking. <laughs> Maybe it's because we're in the voting season. That just that analogy just came back into my mind. Um, but I, it is so important. That is vital. We so quickly, we can remember all those things. Why is that? We can remember all the things that haven't been answered. Yeah. You know, we're like, well, you haven't done this and you haven't answered that. Where are you in this prayer request and blah, 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 and this and that. And we can get so complainy, you know, and we forget all these great things that have happened. I mean, I do it. I'll read through my answered prayer section. I'm like, oh, yeah, dang, uh-huh. And I get all excited. It's like I'm doing some praise and worship in the pantry, right? <laughs> but it's all things I would have forgotten right? had they not been sitting there on a Post-it note in front of my face, getting bigger and bigger, filling up my wall. And I think that is a human flaw in all of us, that we, we can so tend to forget all that good stuff and uh-huh. we can only keep our minds focused on that well, this hasn't happened, and this, and we're striving for that, 
instead of trusting the Lord in those things. Yeah, you know what's interesting is they say that um, whatever you're looking for, that is what you'll find. Oh, yeah. Um, and that was no judgment on what you just said, but I was just thinking I have a tendency to do that myself. You know, if I'm mm-hmm. going to look for bad in the day, if I wake up in the morning and I think it's going to be a terrible day, and then I have to stop and go, why is it going to be a terrible day? Oh, wait, I'm going to school my kids and hang out with Allison and record podcasts. That's not a terrible day, so change your mindset. Right. You know, and so these praises, if you, if you see these praises and you see how God, you, you just know God's going to do it in his own timing, also in his own way. Sometimes that's different <laughs> than it's supposed to look in your mind. That's right. Go back and listen to Blueberry Cherry. What was it? Blueberry or Cherry Pie. Yeah. <laughs> that podcast. Yeah. This fun uh, series started with Be the Sunshine. Yes. So you may want to go back. For and- season two, this has been our start is this series. We we hope you all have enjoyed this. We look forward to more conversations with you. We'd love to hear your input. We'd love to hear some examples of topics that you'd like to hear more about and hear us hash out. They can be challenging. They can be interesting. They can be strange. We'll take them on. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time on Center in the Saints.